Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to episode 34 of the Collective Wisdom Podcast. I'm recording this on a beautiful sunny day here in the UK, which has been such a lovely way to round off the summer before everyone heads back to school and university. I've got a really special guest for you today, and this one's quite personal because Dr. Rebecca Lewis is actually someone who has helped me to navigate through the menopause and has very kindly agreed, even though she's hugely busy at the moment, to give up some of her time and come and share the wealth of knowledge and wisdom that she has about the menopause and managing the huge array of symptoms that can be part of it. I count myself as being very lucky that a few years ago when I was talking to my friend Kat, we were having a conversation and I was just describing this kind of flatness and apathy and lack of get up and go and and I just thought that was just part of life and she said, have we had the menopause conversation yet? And it was so far off my radar. And then she sent me a link to Liz L's podcast, where Liz was interviewing Dr. Louise Newsom, who was a GP at the time working in a clinic in Birmingham and specializing in the menopause. In the interview, she described the range of not only physical, but also mental symptoms that can be experienced by women as their estrogen levels decrease. And it was the first time that I'd even considered that the way I was feeling might be hormonal rather than just the way life is. Louise has thankfully since gone on to open a dedicated clinic in Stratford, together with Rebecca and a team of GPs and practitioners offering advice and support to hundreds of women, either directly as patients or now via the Balance app that they've created, so that they can get advice, track symptoms and talk to their own GP. It's so important to stress that there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution to this. But by bringing this conversation into the open, Louise and Rebecca and the team have ensured that as many women as possible will get the help that they need. And I wanted to share this with you because even if you might not be affected directly, there's probably someone in your life, whether it's your mum or a partner or a friend, who may well be finding themselves suffering in a similar way. There are links in the show notes to all the resources we talk about, including the Channel 4 documentary that Davina McCall has made recently, Sex, Myths and the Menopause, which is hugely informative. And I'm just so glad to have the chance to thank them all for bravely telling their own stories so openly, as I'm sure it's helped so many women. The message is that you don't have to suffer in silence. And if any of this resonates, I'm hoping that just as Kat was such a great friend to me, I can be that friend for you. My guest today is Dr. Rebecca Lewis, who is a GP with a special interest in the menopause and works alongside her friend and colleague, Dr. Louise Newsom, and a growing team of GPs specialising in the menopause at the Newsom Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre in Stratford-on-Avon. Louise describes herself as being passionate about making the menopause a much more positive experience and enabling women to get back to feeling themselves again. 
And on a personal level, I'm so grateful to be able to thank her here in person for doing just that for me. She and her colleagues are working tirelessly to debunk some of the myths and fears that are associated with hormone replacement therapy, HRT, and to bring the conversation out into the open so that issues such as misdiagnosis of symptoms or lack of understanding in the workplace that are being encountered by some of the 13 million women currently going through the menopause in the UK today can properly be addressed. Together, they've developed the Balance app, which provides free access to evidence-based advice so that women can make a well-informed decision about the range of treatments and solutions available to maintain that essential balance of hormones that's so vital to live a healthy and happy quality of life. They've also founded the Menopause Charity, which is working to raise funds to support continued research and awareness of this health issue, which affects 50% of the population, not just in the UK, but across the globe. So Rebecca, welcome to the podcast and thanks so, so much for joining me. I know how incredibly busy you are as the scale of the problem has just become more and more apparent in recent years. I just thought we'd start by, if you tell me a little bit about your journey to becoming a menopause specialist and yeah. why, why this matters so much to you. Yeah, no, of course. I'm no, delighted to be here. Thank you for asking me. It's a great opportunity. I hope to sort of break down taboos and uh, debunk myths if, if yeah. we can. That's brilliant. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, I'm a GP. I, I initially qualified from Guy's Hospital in 1991, actually, and um, I was an anaesthetist to start with. And then I changed uh, career after several years in anaesthetics to become a GP and practiced as a GP for 20 years, in fact. But as I was um, practicing general practice with time, I saw the devastating effects the menopause can have on women um, and really then, you know, became very interested in the menopause and met my, my friend uh, Louise Newson and who is an absolute, you know, um, hero <laughs> about about menopause and changing the face and the narrative of menopause and empowering women to understand a bit what's going on with their bodies and i think she's done an enormous amount of work there so um yeah so got very inspired by by her and now actually if i here i am now working with louise as, as a director with her at newson health and now purely specialise in, in, in menopause within research and uh, furthering education, helping women, not in our clinic, just women in general. That's our yeah. raison d'etre is really to get the message out there to empower women because there's so much misinformation and myths out there that perhaps we'll, we'll touch on later. Yeah, and I think it's important to stress that, that this, you know, what comes across, and I've heard you say it before on the podcast that you you yeah. had with Louise, I know she has her own podcast, yeah. is that it, there was almost a conflict of setting up in private practice. It, this is not an exclusive thing that, you know, only women who can afford to get to these specialists yeah. should have available to them, That, but the, the need to actually, the, the drive to do that was because there just wasn't, the, the forum within the NHS as it exists. Right. I mean, Louise wants it, has tried to set up an NHS clinic, but there's no funding. She's tried and tried. Yeah. So the only way to do it was to set, she didn't want to ever practice private medicine, but she she's had to really to help women. And actually she's now an advisor for the NHS. So is driving some change to help women in the NHS. 
and that's that's really what we want want to do is is to help all women globally actually because it's not just the UK it's a global problem absolutely absolutely and I'm aware that you know we're actually very privileged with you know we have access to cervical screening and mammograms and 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 really good coverage of GPS but you know there are there are places in the world where that's just not true and I think one of the things that has been so helpful in that journey especially for me it has been the app actually launching the app has meant that you know that the information there is evidence-based that it's it's a full sort of range of advice it's not just a one track um right when there's when there's confusion about a subject then lots of people pop up in the in the media to make money and uh, sell snake oil practically yeah yeah and women are vulnerable at this time of their lives and so you know they you know they can hook on to, to things that really are not potentially safe and not certainly not researched and there's no evidence behind so it's really pe- people do need a really secure safe place that they know that they can read it is right it is evidence-based it's scientifically backed it's um you know it's it's approved and it's not pharma funded um yeah and it's and it's it's unbiased no um, it's brilliant that's what women need to understand i think and then they can make they're empowered then and with knowledge that they can trust and then make an inf- it's all about making an informed decision of how they would like to manage their menopause yeah um, yeah and i think this this vehicle of the, of the free balance app is is a good is a good way to do that hopefully and i really i mean i really so appreciated your kind of patient-led approach it was really about i came to you kind of just help help i just yeah. i don't feel like myself i've lost all my confidence and because i was blaming it on external factors i just made an international move my daughter was having trouble settling into school there's always a reason yes. and it's a slow decline and there would be some days that would be okay right amongst those but there was a steady and i think what helped most was the way you list out all the symptoms and you're you're asked you know, in the consultation, and this is something that's available now on the app, is just just to say these are all symptoms, not just what I associated, which was hot flushes, physical symptoms. Yes, yes. But sort of mental symptoms can also be part of it. You know, those roller coaster of emotions that you suddenly go through. Very much so. And that and these are the symptoms that floor women, but you're absolutely right. The perimenopause is the time leading up to the menopause, which is your final period. And the perimenopause can precede your final period by 10 years. So hormonal changes, if the average age is 51 in the UK, then hormonal changes would not be uncommon, you know, to be starting at the age of 41, therefore, for for many women. But we have to be mindful that uh, one in a hundred women will be under 40 and one in a thousand will be under 30 so then you know a lot of young women going through this maybe naturally as an early menopause um, or because of treatments for cancer treatments chemotherapy or surgery for endometriosis removal removal of the ovaries and they're plunged often into a very very um you know straight away into menopause which would be very harsh and hard mm, and mm. often not given any advice which is shocking and expected to carry on without their hormones from day one which is is really really wrong um and actually vital for younger women they do need their hormones otherwise they have enormous health risks uh if they carry on with life without their hormones 
symptoms and that needs to be um, understood but yes going back to how do you diagnose it it is difficult i mean i find it difficult myself you know you, you, you it's, it's how you've been brought up as a child i suppose and you you sort of think oh menopause yeah that's when i'm old and <laughs> And I'll probably have a few hot flushes and that'll be fine and that's it. And I don't want to think about it anymore because it's old and it's it's getting decrepit. And, you know, all these awful things uh, have been over the years in our society, the narrative, if you like, of of how we perceive a menopausal woman, a bit of a butt of the jokes, um, you know, can't cope and a bit ditzy and angry. Uh, yeah and so yeah I didn't want to have that and uh, no. you know, we worship at the altar of youth don't we now in, in our society so you know if I suddenly thought gosh I'm menopausal that's me saying I'm old you know in my, yeah. in my incorrect sort of narrative that I had when I was, I was younger so I you know and it, it's and, and it's insidious often because the ovary just you don't just wake up one day and the ovaries don't work it's um it's a stuttering stop of of the ovary gradually failing as it runs out of eggs and as it gradually fails you know we we fail to produce the vital hormones for us women estrogen progesterone and testosterone and uh, the, the, but the ovary tries to fight back so some some months um it, it produces quite a lot of estrogen in fact quite high levels for, for temporary amount of time and a woman may feel fine then because her ovaries are back oh I'm all right mm-hmm. and then lo and behold the next week down they plunge down again and their symptoms come back on in force but because it comes and it goes and you know we're it's a busy time of a woman's life quite often and they have a big a career change and a career progression they may have teenage children they may have yeah. um, old relatives with um, healthcare problems that they've had to become more of a carer for there's an awful lot on women's plates as, as we know yeah. um so you know Many women say, yeah, but I'm a bit more tired because there's this and this. I'm a bit low and flat because of this going on in life. And we normalise and I'm stiff and achy, but I've never been 48 before. So I guess this is what happens. And I do get a bit stiff. My mother was the same. And I do like a bit of a nap in the afternoon now, you know, and and, and we've normalised that so much mm-hmm. that it's sort of acceptable for women to have these symptoms. And it's simply not not necessary or right um, because they all are symptoms of estrogen deficiency. Yeah, I think even growing up, there was an association with HRT and somehow mm. it was cheating or defying aging. Yeah. You know, yes. it was this sort that of... Oral fiber. You can't cope. You've got to go yes. on. Yeah, you should be suffering in silence somewhere in a corner. And um, and that that's what you and, and Louise and the whole team have been sort of these myths, which yeah. I think also the damage, you know, what's come out. I've, I now know so much more about the um, the Women's Health, Health Initiative uh, report that came out in 2002 and just how mishandled the information from that report oh, was. That was an absolute tragedy because it's in all our minds. You know, a 50 year old woman was probably 30 or something um, and, and can remember headlines saying HR increases the risk of breast cancer and stroke and heart disease and this was from a really expensive study randomized control trial they did in america 
And the problem was they re they applied the wrong statistics to the data, and it was released to the press without peer review, um, which is unorthodox. And it went straight into the press, the headlines, because it was you know bad news sales, obviously. Women came off HRT. Quite a few women on HRT before them came off in their in their millions and thought never again. No way am I going to have that. And you know it's in our psyche. And so now you know the younger generation, it's in their psyche. The mothers have said, oh no, don't touch that. You'll get cancer or something and of course it's absolutely wrong this this yeah. study is absolutely wrong in fact the opposite has been found when that study was reanalyzed with the correct statistics applied for and the data looked at um in depth and and um and in fact the women have been followed up from that study because there's such an enormous amount which was, was helpful for data so not all of it was bad they found that women who take estrogen only hrt and these are women who've had a hysterectomy so they don't need the hormone progesterone estrogen only hrt actually reduces the risk of breast cancer a little bit actually you have a lower risk but it, you know it's certainly neutral on the risk of breast cancer from from estrogen only and the story really about breast cancer and HRT is that looking at all types, the different types of HRT, the old fashioned types of HRT, the tablet form usually it has, has more old fashioned progesterones in it. And, 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 and they do the estrogen and progesterone component of HRT may increase the risk of breast cancer a very small amount, but it is incredibly small to the order of four extra cases per thousand women after five years of taking it, which is actually less than the increased risk a woman would run by drinking just two units of alcohol every week and far yeah. less than being overweight or obese, which is six to 10 times the risk of HRT. So, you know, those risks have to be looked in context of other risks that we do, and, and it's incredibly low. Um, there's no such thing as anything that's risk-free. We, we make these judgments all the time. And actually, what about the benefits? There's no point talking about risks if you don't talk about the benefits. For example, when we get in the car every day, there is a risk we could have a fatal road accident, clearly, but the benefits usually outweigh those risks for Absolutely. and, uh, you know, functioning in society. So we, we get in the car, but actually the, the, the story about HRT is we're on it really is that it will, if taken within 10 years of a woman's uh, last period, it will halve the risk of heart disease. It will decrease the risk of osteoporosis and treat osteoporosis were it to be present. It decreases all causes of death, including breast cancer deaths. Um, and many encouraging studies show that it actually decreases, it helps cognition and, and likely may help reduce dementia, especially this more modern type of HRT and helps our cholesterol profile and glucose handling. So really good news for our future health. The risk of heart disease increases fivefold after the menopause for women. So and that you mean that's one of the, the the I think one of the things you've done so brilliantly is bringing this out into the open, and then that garners attraction in the media. So big ambassadors like I first heard Louise talking to Liz Earle, yes. you know, the, the amazing Channel Four documentary that was hosted by Davina McCall. You know, people are suddenly willing to say. It might be aging and unsavory, but I'm willing to actually say, no, it's not and, yes. and be out there and have those conversations. And yeah. I think that was what was coming out of those, especially the, the Channel 4 documentary, which I, I think everybody it should be compulsory watching in schools just mm. to mm. raise that awareness even further mm. is, is how much, you know, there is an association with 
these are huge benefits. They're not just sideline, you know, oh, it makes you feel slightly better. You know, these are life changing. Even if you had no symptoms, you would be thinking, actually, should I be taking this for my health risks yes. without estrogen? We now know, and people say, well, we've always had it. It is a natural and normal, normal thing. Absolutely. But we are now living to the age of 83, mm. as we weren't before. So this is a new phenomenon, really. And we're now seeing the effects of living potentially 30 years without estrogen, the effects on the bones, the effects on the hearts, the uh, metabolism, cholesterol, glucose uh, profiles. And we know that estrogen um, replacement helps helps all those, those, you know, those areas of health. Um, and women need to know that before they decline treatment with HRT. Mm -hmm. Actually, it's, it's, it's only fair that they know that, and it's up to them if they take HRT or not. But they need to know what they're saying no to, um, and they often don't. Um, and also, women's symptoms, maybe 80% will have symptoms, and 25% will be severe. Now, you may be lucky enough not to have too many symptoms or perceived symptoms. Don't forget, we normalise so much that, mm -hmm. um, that um, a lot of women probably do have more symptoms than they are aware of. But 25% will be severe, and I'm talking about anxiety to such an extent that a woman becomes housebound, yes. certainly has to give up her good job often, maybe she's the breadwinner i mean you know devastating impact on finances of the individual and the family um and the nation actually by the way because uh, less people working and contributing to gdp and pensions you know has an effect on us all you know become a shadow of their former selves and unfortunately because when we lose estrogen, every cell in our body has an estrogen receptor on it. So it, it shows the importance of estrogen. It underpins the function of every single organ in a woman's body. You know, so the myriad of so that's why it's difficult sometimes for women to diagnose because it's a myriad of symptoms, which is, is as unique as they are. So it won't be the same as their friend, for example. I think we all think, yes, it's when your periods change and become a bit heavier or lighter or irregular and you get hot flushes and sweats well 20 percent of women will never get a hot flush or sweat no, I, I count myself in that in that that's right so if you're waiting for that to yeah yeah the radar is bleeping it's it's menopause you, you could wait forever mm, i think that was that was one of the big criteria for me was this mm. is, this was sort of yeah i'm not 50 yet I, I am now but i wasn't at the time you know probably the first the earliest symptoms i can really pinpoint were about the age of 44 and I remember going to your the, the sort of launch um there were there were lots of meetings organized when the clinic was opened and yes. they were, again free to attend rooms full of women who all had a story yes all very unique in their journey yeah. from the, the the girl who said my menopause started at 32 yeah. and I misdiagnosed and put on antidepressants and had had a terrible time yeah. to a lady who was sitting next to me and saying I'm not sure that I would have ended my marriage if I had been able to get hold of something to just help alleviate those symptoms of, of, of that roller coaster. Heartbreaking, really. Yeah, so sad. I mean, I hear these stories all the time. Women have given up jobs, relationships have broken down. You know, the pathways are completely different because they haven't been supported. The diagnosis hasn't been made. And their symptoms aren't recognised as being due to um, the menopause. For example, palpitations are very common. So women endlessly get referred to cardiologists. Mm. Muscle and joint pains can be very severe. And, you know, women quite understandably can think they're having an arthritis or 
with the fatigue, they're often diagnosed with fibromyalgia. Recurrent urine infections or bladder problems are really common. Skin dryness, dry eyes, tinnitus, you know, these are symptoms of, of low estrogen, but they're not nationally recognized or, or recognized by doctors. It's never been taught really about no, them. And that, that was another critical thing that came out. You know, this is not about um, slating the medical profession. This wasn't even taught to you in, in your... Yeah. Not really. I suppose we were taught about diseases and uh, mm. menopause is not a disease. It's normal and it's natural. But we now know that actually it comes with health risks. So in the same way, and this is a, more, a, new, a newer finding, so we have to then look back at society and, and change the way we, we're, we're looking at things, um, as, as we always do in, in, a, in a society, don't we? Like blood pressure is not a is not a disease, but it's a, if you have high blood pressure, that's a risk factor for stroke and heart disease. Yeah. yeah. It. So now really your menopause must be managed, you know, and the, and the way a woman wants to manage it, it, it is important, but um, informed decision-making is, is key to that. And then, you know, their symptoms are multiple and varied. And under, if we can get women to recognize these symptoms, that their migraines could be the sign of hormone problems or yeah. their low flat mood. And it's often a, a lack of joy, people to say to me, you know, they so something fun or exciting happens, they can't feel the excitement or the joy. It's, it's flat, it's grey, so what? Get up, put your clothes on, go to work, come back, cook supper, go to bed. You know, Groundhog Day, this awful, mm -hmm. awful apathy, no interest in things feel exhausted the whole time just doing anything and you can't be bothered and you have no motivation and it's awful it's depressing and it's and you can understand why people therefore are given antidepressants the problem is they don't really work very well because it's not the root cause the root cause is lack of estrogen affecting our limbic system which is to do with our mood it's a vital neurotransmitter estrogen there and without estrogen uh, we get these symptoms you see and I think, I think it was also important, you know, it was so reassuring to me to have it explained exactly what HRT, because even it's, it, it is vitally different from the 2002 types of medications that were being given even, you know. Right, so we always recommend regulated body identical HRT, which is recommended by, you know, all the medical societies. We've got eons of research behind it. And that's estrogen given through the skin as a gel or patch or spray. And we like to do that because it's not metabolized by the liver, so it doesn't increase the risk of blood clots. So it's safe to, to give for women who've had blood clots in the past. And uh, it also is, is exactly the same structure as our own estrogen that we produce from our ovaries um, when we were menstruating and, and, and were premenopausal. So it's, it's basically looking at the logic of it, a woman loses estrogen, due to the failing ovary which is the main source of estrogen production like 95 percent and so uh, it is replacing that with exactly the same uh, structure so therefore it it has more effect it's more effective on as it fits the receptor perfectly and it has less side effects and it's more natural it's exactly the same it's replacing like with like so the body likes it and responds well to it plus if you go through the skin as i said we don't have an increased risk of clot you can flex the dose up and down according titrate the dose according to the individual and how they absorb it through the skin um, so you have a nice lot of control over the, over the dose which is good 
and it, it, you know it, it, it gives good effects it relieves all these symptoms so women come back and they're sleeping well uh, their mood has improved they've got their joie de vivre back um, motivation concentration they're flourishing at work going for promotion you know, it's all harmonious at home, the irritability is settling down, they, they can exercise. And often women have been drinking a bit more because of their symptoms or they're yeah, not exercising yeah. because it, it, they have not got the energy and it's painful. So if we can get rid of those symptoms, they start to exercise and perhaps lose weight and, and look at their drinking, maybe and cut down on drinking. And so actually their health improves even more as a secondary effect for free because Absolutely. they're feeling better. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's that it's that capacity. It gives you the ca- capacity to then take ownership to make better choices around your whole lifestyle. That that's certainly something that absolutely. resonates. I think, I think it helps you be your best self, really. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still I'm still somebody who asked me about a glass of rosé in the garden in, on a sunny afternoon. I I find it hard to resist, but oh, I think that's good. I think that's nice to have. But not that kind of oh, soul sucking. I just need to get to six o'clock and have a drink because you know yeah. I just need to get through the day, which is probably how I was feeling before yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I would just just to round off for anyone who this is really resonating with, or who maybe has family members that you know this is yeah. this is describing your mother or this is describing yeah. your partner. What what would you say is the best place to start on this journey, you know, to, to find the help you need? I think I think get informed is really important. And you mentioned the balance app, which is free, and it's it's it's, it's great for evidence-based information about the menopause. A woman's history is taken and they can track their symptoms with time with this multiple questionnaire of, of about 30 symptoms and track their periods. And it then comes up with a health report they can download showing how their periods are changing and how they are ticking all the boxes of the menopausal symptoms. They could then take to their GP and say, look, I think this is this is the perimenopause or the menopause. Can we talk about hormones? Because and and that gets the conversation off to the right in the right area and yeah. that subject. And then they can talk about HRT because nice guidance have said the majority of women, the benefits far, far outweigh the risks. Yet only 10% are taking HRT. So there is a big knowledge gap there mm. from what the science is saying and what we understand and translating that information out to women. Um, and women need to be informed because if NICE is saying the majority benefit, not everyone, it may not be suitable for certain people with certain health conditions to start with, but 10% is way too low. Yeah. So that means so many women are suffering unnecessarily. So I think the free balance up has it all there. Louise's, um, again, you know, non-pharma funded evidence-based website, Menopause Doctor. Um, I'll link to in the show notes for sure. Quite good for podcasts to listen to, resources, leaflets. And men need help as well to understand what's, you know, their partner or their business colleague or their mother or sister, you know, are going, are going through. And it's, it's just raising awareness of what is the menopause? How does it affect women? What are the solutions? Um, you know, understanding the physiology. If you understand physiology, what's going on in your body, you've lost estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. And HRT is simply replacing those because of the health benefits, number one, and because of your quality of life has suffered because you've got a lot of symptoms. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I would just like to finish by saying another huge thank you because I know this work, you know, you're really when you're going against the grain, it is pioneering stuff. It's it's hard to do, you know, you're often challenged um straight yeah. out of the gate. 
but it's it's life changing. It really is. I've I've met so many people who have had their lives, yeah, transformed. It can be transformative having the right HRT at the right dose for, for a woman. And it's lovely. so that's what I love about my job. It's so rewarding, and it's lovely to hear you say that. So that's beautiful, beautiful. So thank you so much for joining me. And yeah, there'll be links to all of those that that valuable information in the show notes everything we've talked about for anyone who who wants to get some more information and and build that tailor-made journey for themselves absolutely brilliant thank you so much for asking me on thanks a lot rebecca bye now Once again, thank you so much to Rebecca for taking the time to go through some of the issues and her insight and just that all round knowledge is so valuable. As I said at the beginning of this conversation, if any of this has resonated, the most important message is don't do this alone, which is ultimately what collective wisdom is all about. I've linked in the show notes to a huge array of resources and ways that you can find the help you need. Now, this episode comes out two days after September the 11th. And on that day, 28 years ago, I was getting married to my childhood sweetheart, Sim. It was the beginning of an adventure that would take us all over the world. And I'm truly grateful to him for all the love he's shown me over the years and for being such a positive force in my life. But I'm conscious, though, that on September the 11th, 20 years ago, as we prepared to celebrate our eighth anniversary, the world stopped in its tracks. And I think we can all remember exactly where we were and what we were doing. So I'm sending my thoughts out to all those who lost loved ones that day, including my friend and colleague Mandel Conway, whose mother was killed in the attacks. We'll be hearing more from Mandel when he joins me to share more of that story and to commemorate his beautiful mum, Brenda. And you'll maybe have noticed that this episode didn't take its usual format of sharing a story about kindness or a challenge or a piece of music. And that's the beauty of hosting your own podcast. You get to make up the rules. But I have a song that seems completely fitting for this one. It's by my all-time favourite band, Bear's Den, and it's called Crow. It came to mind as losing your oestrogen can leave you feeling a bit like an old crow. But Kev and Davey have managed to make it into a beautiful song, which is all about love and loss and bittersweet memories. One of my favourite memories, however, is Sim taking me to see Bear's Den in Antwerp. So Sim, if you're listening, this one's for you. Happy anniversary, my love. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from. So I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.